pastors, we had gone to a conference, a little day conference, and I had to go to work right after. And it was kind of far, and I kind of wasn't familiar with the area. Thank God for GPS. So I turned the GPS when it was time to leave because I had a measured amount of time to get to where I needed to get to. I had to get to work on time. And so I started out okay because the GPS was on. But all of a sudden, I got that fateful message. Signal lost. And so the signal was lost. I was lost. I didn't know where I was going. I was unfamiliar. Disconnected. But all of a sudden, the signal came back. Hallelujah. And it said... I'm tired of going the wrong way. I'm tired of having to turn around and turn right back around because I don't know where I'm 
better than that? I don't know. Let's find out. <clears throat> I want you guys to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. We're going to begin reading in verse 19. When you got to say, yeah, yeah. If you don't have it, say, hold on a second. Hurry up. I'm feeling the yes. Okay. And I'm back. All right, Matthew chapter 28, verses uh, 19 through 20. Go, therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Always. I love that. Always. He's always with me. Even to the end 
of the age. Amen. You guys may have a seat. So um, Bishop started preaching on mission. And so it's my turn. And uh, the, the theme that kind of fell to me was barriers to mission. I was like, barriers to mission. Wow, that's a great title. Now I just need a great message. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. By the grace of God, yes, hopefully. Many barriers to mission. There are many barriers to mission, but there are two categories for me that kind of stuck out. The two categories are you. Everybody say you. you. Right, and just point to you. You. And your adversary. You. You can be a barrier to mission. How is that? You know, sometimes the problem to um, our mission is that our mission is so daily. Daily, we got to be on mission. I mean, if you know, if you ever see like shows or, or watch movies and stuff, they always get a mission, right? But, you know, they're on a mission for a couple weeks, a few days, and then the mission is over. And then what? They get some downtime. Well, I'm here to tell you, you got enough downtime in eternity. We got to be on mission every day. Amen? <sighs> Every day. And the problem is that it's so daily. Your mission. I love this. I, I used to watch uh, Mission Impossible all the time when I was younger. It was at Nick at night. I didn't watch it in prime time. I'm not that old. <clears throat> just kidding, guys. Just a joke. Come on. So at the end of the recording, it said, well, at the beginning, it said, your mission, should you choose to accept it? Now, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to be a disciple and make disciples. You're supposed to be a disciple and make disciples. You can't really be a disciple unless you're making disciples, right? I said you can't really be a disciple unless you're making disciples. You got that? Because you could go ahead and pretend you could look like, right? When I was growing up, skateboarding was a big thing, right? And so now, you know, it was vans and, and, uh, and uh some other, uh, some other brands and stuff like that. And the thing is, is that if you weren't a skater or a thrasher, they used to call it thrasher. If you weren't a skater, right, back in the day, don't be wearing no skater clothes. You know what they call you? They call you a poser. Because you posing like, but you ain't really. You kind of looking like, but you ain't really. You try to get on a skateboard, and you might break your arm or something. So you kind of stay away from the skateboard, but you kind of talk to talk. You kind of, you know, kind of, you know, carry the skateboard with you, right? You know, <laughs> you carry it. You all right. You, you know, you okay with that. But once you go ahead and get on the skateboard, ooh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Try to go ahead and ride the skateboard. Try to go ahead and do some tricks on the skateboard. And then it's a different story. You're a poser. But it's okay. It's all right. You know, you can, you can go ahead and always practice and, and be, be the real thing. Amen? All right. So can I tell you another story? Can I tell you a story? Is that all right? Okay. So when I was going, when I, when I was going to school, you know, I wanted to do my best. I want to be an A student. Why? Because my wife was sacrificing a lot, man. And so was my daughter. Sacrificing, you know, time with my daughter. My wife was working. Hallelujah. Bringing in that money. Thank you. It's good stuff. And, um, and so I wanted to do my best. I made it my job, right? And so then I heard about something called a tutoring center. And I was like, hmm, tutoring center. So I was like, hmm, let me go check it out. And there was people in there. Imagine that. 
And some people were doing the tutoring and other people were being tutored, right? So I was like, wow, okay. So I talked to the lady in charge. I said, hey, um, what's all this about? They're like, oh, well, students helping students. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So they would come in and the requirement was that you have had to have taken the class and gotten a good grade, you know, because you can't take the class and fail and then try to be a tutor. What kind of craziness is that? <laughs> so I said, okay. So I came back after the semester was over. And the thing is, is that I wanted to know that I know that I knew what my subject was all about, right? And you all have heard the old adage, right, that, you know, you can't really know something unless you go ahead and try to teach somebody else whatever it is that you think you know. Hmm. So I said, okay, I finished my anatomy and physiology. And that was bad. Ooh, I ain't gonna lie. Nobody can toot my horn, but I'm gonna toot my horn for myself. So I knew all the bones, I knew all the muscles, I knew it all, I was like, man, I'm the man. I'll run the show. But then I sat down with somebody. Yeah, and all of a sudden I lost connection. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I tried to teach somebody what it was that I had learned. And let me tell you, I didn't know it until I had taught it to somebody else. Like that. Because, you know, it's one thing to try to go ahead and, you know, figure it out for yourself. And, you know, you go ahead and have the multiple guess answers, I mean, multiple choice answers on the test. <laughs> and you go ahead and start eliminating, let me get a 50-50, can I call a friend? You know, that kind of thing. And so you can kind of fumble through a test. But you know what? The real test comes when you try to go ahead and teach somebody else. When you try to bring up somebody else. Lack of the knowledge of the word fosters fear. Because we lack knowledge, we don't, we're, not, we're not well versed in the word, so we're kind of afraid. We're like, oh man, I don't know if I could teach somebody else. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could bring up somebody else. I don't because I don't know. I can't because I'm, I'm not, I, I can't do it. This is a barrier to mission. It's great that you realize, listen, I'm not, I, I'm not there yet. But what do you do after that? That's the thing. So most of us, what we do, and listen, guilty as charged, I'm like, okay, I know enough for me. But do I know enough? Am I studied enough? Am I digging enough so that I can go ahead and pour into somebody else? Because that's what I've been called to do, right? Be a disciple, but not just be a disciple, but make a disciple, right? So I got to be able to pour into somebody else. It's hard to teach something you know nothing about. <laughs> you ever try doing that? I think I know a little bit about this. Be like, hold on a second. Um, <laughs> I remember I was, uh, when I used to work in, um, at, at, the, at the call center, and I was, I was training. And there was a part in the training manual, which in the train the trainer session, you know where they train the trainers, they didn't go over that part. But I was like, man, I was all in the whole moment, and I was like, okay, next on the thing. All right, yeah, I got this, okay. So I'm trying to teach them something that I hadn't been taught. 
or teach them something that I hadn't even read before. It was tough. You know what the other trainer told me? He said, did somebody go over that with you? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm trying to teach them. They're like, no, man, you got to study this thing. You got to know it better than they know it before you go ahead and try to teach them. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we just skipped that chapter. <laughs> uh, it tells us to teach, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. In the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if you lack wisdom, how convenient. God is like, just ask me. I'll give it to you. Wisdom is kinetic knowledge. That's knowledge in motion, right? Rightly and correctly applied. So if you just got all that knowledge, but you ain't applying it, then you just got a, no a lot of knowledge. And knowledge puffs up. Very good. You see that? Knowledge puffs up. So you just don't want the knowledge. You got to go ahead and be able to apply it correctly to teach others. What a great motivation to dig into God's word. Not just for your own edification, but the, for the edification of others. That should motivate us. That should drive us. I love it when Pastor Robert gets up and, and, and teaches because he's so excited about whatever he's talking about. Why? Because he's dug into it and he's like, man, look at this and look at that. And his eyes get real big. And I'm like, tell me. <laughs> I love it. But that's a teacher. And the thing is that your eyes might not get real big, but that's okay. When you're pouring into somebody else, the things that God has poured into you, Amen. and they get it. What an amazing, amazing experience. Sometimes we lack follow through. Another barrier. We recognize <laughs> what we have to do, but we don't do it. There is a list at my house. I'm going to confess. Can I confess? Is that okay? Y'all are all right with that? Okay, there's a list on my refrigerator. Now, it's not on the front of the fridge because I couldn't stand it being in the front, so it's around the side. And it's covered up by a couple of other things. But I know it's there. I know it. On that list, on that list are several things that I need to do. It's like seven things on the list. You know how many I've done? One. Thank you for the credit, though. I appreciate that. <laughs> One. It's still there. It's still there. I know that it's there, but I lack the follow-through. That's terrible. Don't say it. Don't say it. You call yourself a pastor. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I just I lack follow-through. We can't be on mission if we can't commit to mission. What do I mean? I mean, you can, you can commit with your mouth. You can say, yes, yes, Lord, yes. I'm not going to sing because I can't. Yes, Lord, yes, I commit to you. And then you walk out of here and you're like, what is it that I said yes to? It's like signing those contracts. You're like, yeah, yeah, you don't read any of this disclosure. You just sign, 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 sign. And then you get mad because they call you and be like, hey, listen, uh, you agreed to the what? 
No. And then go ahead and have your voice on, on recording, and then you got to go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Lack follow through. James chapter 1 and verses 23 through 25. If you would, turn there with me. James chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, sometimes for a long time, goes away and immediately, immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Sometimes we tend to commit and recommit. We hear the word of God preached. We hear a sermon or we hear something and, you know, we're cut to the heart. And it's genuine. It is 100% genuine. You are wholeheartedly repentant. You are wholeheartedly saying, God, I want to commit. Then what happens? We turn away. We go off and we go back to our life. And stuff happens. We got to go to work. We got this. We got that. The kids, my wife, baby, I love you. I'm just saying. You go back to things, you know, and you forget. You forget. Your, you get too busy. You forget your commitment. What happened? You cut to the heart. You said, yes, Lord, that's me. I want to commit. But we lack the follow through. Why? Because we lack to maintain that connection with him. That's what keeps us on mission when we maintain that connection with him. Why? Because we're constantly hearing his heartbeat. We are constantly hearing God saying, be a disciple, make disciples, be a disciple, make disciples. But we get too busy. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty, too. Don't think that I'm standing up here and just, you know, whatever. I got it all together. No. I do the same thing. I go off, and then, you know, sometimes I sit there, and I think about it. I'm like, man, what have I been doing? Falling asleep at the wheel. Time passing, and I'm like, man, what happened? Didn't I commit? Yes, I did. Am I following through on my commitment? Not always. Praise God that he's faithful. We say to him, Lord, I'm going to change. I'm going to be obedient to your word. I'm going to do it. And then somehow or another, we just kind of just disconnect. Like I said, mission is daily, daily. We got to get up in the morning and say, you know what? Yes. Yes to the mission. Yes to my commitment. I'm going to be committed. Because if not, then we disconnect and we're somewhere over here doing our own thing. Doing our own thing. Sometimes it just doesn't make the trip from our head to our heart. 
We're cut to the mind, not to the heart. And say, wow, you know what? That makes sense. That's great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because we know the, the Christian terms. Praise the Lord, brother. <laughs> That's great. That was deep revelation. Okay, great. But did it cut you to the heart? I'm telling you, when you meet Jesus and when he confronts you with stuff, man, your life changes. All throughout scripture, we see when God confronts man, it's like, it, changes, it impacts you, it changes you. But the thing is, if we don't remain connected, it kind of becomes a memory. And almost like a dream. Man, did that really happen? Almost as if I dreamed it. Barrier. Barrier to mission. <laughs> the next one. This is a term that I'm going to coin now. <laughs> it is, I know bestosis. <laughs> now, this is a syndrome in which a person wholeheartedly, person is wholeheartedly convinced that they know what is best with their actions, and their actions are totally correct. I know bestosis. It's crazy, because you say to yourself, I don't have that. I don't have that. Really? You don't. This is a barrier to mission when you think you know what is best. The thing is, is that you can't be on mission if you're off doing your own mission. And this is the crazy thing. This is the crazy thing. You are convinced that you are on mission. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> You're convinced 100% that you are on mission. I'm doing the will of God. But you are disconnected. You are far. You're over here. And you're thinking the whole time, listen, I'm doing this for God. And in your heart, you're like, man, I'm convinced. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing what is right. I'm doing what I know is right. Are you? When you're off mission, you're AWOL. You're absent without leave. You know what happens to you know, military folk when they're AWOL? They go ahead and send the military police after them. They go ahead and say, hey, what you doing? You're supposed to be on mission. Where you at? Calling you out, coming to your house, coming to your people's house, trying to locate you. Where you at? We need you. You abandoned us. Your unit needs you. But you're off doing your own mission over here somewhere. Nobody else around. Severe, I know bestosis. God is calling you back. I'm here as a representative of the mission police. <laughs> <laughs> calling you back. Where are you at? We miss you. What you doing? Get back on mission. We need to work this thing out. Time is of the essence. Thinking we're on mission. If you would, turn with me to 1 Samuel. Now, this is a long, not that long. It ain't like 44 scriptures or anything like that. Just kidding. 
That was awesome. First Samuel chapter 15. We're going to begin reading in verse 16. First Samuel chapter 15, verses 16, well, starting in 16. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet, Ooh. and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? So he's like, man, think about back in the day. Weren't you the man? Even before you thought you were all great, big, and bad, you were the man. Verse 18. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go. He said, go. And utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, And fight against them until they are consumed. Yeah, I don't think the Lord made made any any type of uh, any type of concessions here. Of you know, leave this one, leave that one, leave this. No, utterly destroy. So it's pretty clear, right? Not really open to interpretation. Great. Verse nineteen. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? This is, was crazy right here, this next verse. Verse 20, and Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. The prophet just told Saul, you didn't do everything that God told you to do. Saul responds with, yes, I did. Totally deceived. Totally thinking, I got this. I did what God said. But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Now, in the king part of the Amalekites, I'm just saying. But the people took the people. See, that's what happens, too. When you have adenobestosis, you start blaming other people. You know the ones, right? Be like, no, it's never my fault. It's somebody else's fault. See, what happened, right, was uh, my friend over here, yeah, and then my wife or, you know, my husband or, you know, my kids or my this or my that or this one, that one, the other one. But it's never their fault. Adenobestosis. You got it. You got it bad. That wasn't even funny. Okay, where am I? Y'all made me lose my place. Man, 21. But the people took up the plunder, sheep, and oxen, the best of the things which should have utterly been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. He's like, listen, I know what the Lord said. But I got the master plan right here. What we're going to do is the following. I'm going to obey what the Lord said, mostly. But then I'm going to upgrade it, right? God's plan 2.0. The man. No, I'm the king. I'll run this thing, right? Who appointed you? Right, right. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. 
So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. So what happens sometimes is that we say, you know what? This is for God's sake. This is the Lord's work, right? I'm doing it for God. And it could be a good thing, but it could be the wrong thing. Wrong thing, wrong timing. But mission is always right. When God calls you to mission to make disciples and be disciples, he's calling you now. Not later, not next week, now. And sometimes we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to make a disciple. But listen, what I have to do is this, the following. Um, this is my checklist, okay? You know, I'm gonna, I got to go ahead and make sure I wash my car. I got to go ahead and make sure that, you know, I do this, do that, do the other thing. And now washing your car is a good thing. I haven't washed my car in like eight months, but, you know. It's disgusting. Anyway, um, I'm not saying this. I'm, I'm not saying that those things are bad. But what I'm saying is this, is what is on the forefront of your mind? Is the first thing you think about? Other things, or is the first thing you think about, wake up in the morning, I need to be on mission. Is it utterly consuming your life? Because if it's not, you miss opportunities. Man, Lord, please send somebody that I can share the gospel with. Pray that in the morning. Then you go throughout your day. Throughout your day, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing the other thing. I'm doing. And then you get home at night, you're sitting in the bed. Lord, you didn't send anybody. I guess you don't want me to share today. It's okay. Meanwhile, you know, you went to the grocery store. You saw a whole bunch of people there, right? You even stopped and talked about this, that, the other. You talked about the game last night, right? Because you got to talk about the game. <sighs> Poor Tim Tebow. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe next year. But you have all these opportunities, all these opportunities, and they just go by. Why? So you're not on mission. You're not on mission. You're off doing your own mission. Where are you? Where are you at? You're AWOL. Barriers to mission. So that's you. That's the main category. Another category is your adversary, right? The devil don't want us to be on mission. I know that's a deep revelation. Y'all go ahead and take a moment, let that sink in. The devil don't want you on mission. He doesn't. He is looking to go ahead and devour you, though. Looking around, making sure, is this one sleeping, this one on, on mission or not? First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9, very familiar scripture. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, if you, have, if you heard a, ro a roaring lion walking around, you probably, you probably pay attention to that, right? Yeah. But if you asleep or you're not, you know, distracted, that thing can sneak up on you and devour you. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Mission isn't a me thing, it's a we thing. It's a together thing. We're together in this. But what happens is sometimes... The devil wants to go ahead and isolate you. So what does he do? He helps, he, he kind of twists the, the situation or makes it right so that you're focused on your own thing, right? Nobody knows what I'm going through. 
burden is so heavy. Pray for me, brother. Pray for me, sister. Because nobody knows. I'm not going to sing. Nobody knows the troubles I go through. Nobody knows. Nobody can identify with me. We all go through trouble. We all go through trouble. Christ said that you weren't going to suffer, right? Right. Listen, you're going to suffer, and you're going to go through some things. But the thing is that he promises you don't have to do it alone. He's going to be right there. Lo, I'm with you to the end, right? He's with you. But sometimes we get not so focused on him, but focused on us and focused on our problems and what's going on around us. And then pretty soon we're consumed by them. What happened to the mission? What happened? You're off mission. Now you're on your own mission. You're you worried about me. What about me? Right? What about me? I need people to go ahead and come around me and pray for me. And yes, we do need to go ahead and circle around you and, you know, come and, and lift you up and all that. But you know what? Got to get over it, man. It's not about me. It's about we. The enemy would have you believe that you are the only one who is going through the things that you're going through. No one else does, and no one else understands. When we are on mission, we can always expect opposition. So if you're on mission and you get some opposition, praise the Lord. You're on mission. <laughs> it's not easy. When have you ever seen an easy mission? They don't show that on TV, right? No. The more complicated, the harder the mission, you're like, wow. Did you see that, babe? Did you see what they did? No, I don't understand, baby. Can you explain it to me? I love you. That's why she married me, for my brains. It's not the looks. It's the brains. Opposition to mission. But I love it because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? He has called us to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, right? And that's what we are. But we forget sometimes, right? We're forgetful. That's why it's important, like I said, it's so important to remain connected. That is your lifeline. That is what continually feeds into you and reminds you again and again and again, oh, yeah, that's right, I got to be on mission. That's right, I got to be on mission. It's not about me. It's about we. It's about him. It's about his glory. It's not about me. I know, yes, I got, I got my problems, but you know what? I can always cast my burdens on him. And he will always give me that peace that surpasses all understanding. It guards my heart and my mind. My heart and my mind. So that you know what? The devil doesn't have a foothold in me. And I can stay on mission. The attacks will come. Obviously. So we need to be ready. We need to be equipped. We need to have the full armor of God on, right? Ephesians 6, 11 through 12, put on the whole armor, not just some of it, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the scheming, right, of the devil. Is he coming for you? 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The attacks are always coming, but we got to be always ready. Always. There's never a time. That's why, again, it is so daily. I can't say that enough. It is daily. It's not something that, you know what? I saw a slide up on there that we want to be known as a people, uh, how we live seven days a week, right? Not just one day a week, right? There's this girl, she, I don't know, she's one of my Facebook friends. She just says, I want my Saturday nights to match my Sunday mornings. I'm like, wow, that's great. How about your Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, how about Wednesday afternoon, like around 3 o'clock? Does that match your Sunday morning? <laughs> it's not just enough. Always on mission. Always ready. Why? Because it just takes one moment. And then, boom, you're like, oh, man, I missed it. I'm off track. I got to get back on track. So we always have to be ready. Attacks are always coming. So are you prayed up? Are you fasted up? Are you on your face, in God's face? That's what we got to ask ourselves. I can't, I, you can't stress enough the importance of prayer, of being connected daily. Not just daily, but without ceasing. So when you get a moment, pray. When you get, you know, you're sitting there and you're waiting for the bus instead of, you know, pulling up words with friends. <laughs> or hanging with friends or whatever. You know, you're, you're like, all right, man, I remember, yeah, I got to pray for so-and-so. Or, Lord, you know that I'm going through this, so I'm going to go ahead and cast that upon you. Why? Because we got to focus on mission. We got to stay on mission, always being vigilant, always praying. Prayer moves mountains, right? Sometimes we can't, you know, we don't even move molehills. <laughs> we ain't praying. How can we move mountains if we can we ain't praying, man? We can't hear this molehill pops up. Ah, oh. I'm utterly destroyed. Oh no! Somebody got attitude with me in the grocery store, in line. Oh my God, what am I gonna do, Lord? You know, you know, God. Revenge is Lord yours, says the Lord. Get him, God, get him with us stay connected stay on mission then wrinkle my suit <laughs> ah. the father's will is that none will perish not one not one what do you think your adversary's will is he wants all to perish right because his fate is sealed yours isn't is it so what do you think he wants? He wants to take as many people as he wants. So you know what? He's going to try whatever he can to lull you to sleep, to take you off mission. Oh, wow, what is that over there? Distraction. All types of distraction. And it could be good things, too. You're like, oh, we got to go over here. We got to stop here. We got to do this. We got to do the other things. Like when you're driving. Because I know there are no distractions when you're driving, right? You guys are serious about when you're driving, right? We're going, everyone quiet, quiet, no radio. Put that phone away, because we don't text and drive, right? Nobody does? No? No? No one, right? No one? No. no. You don't answer the phone while you're driving, right? No? No one does that. 
try to go ahead and look up directions while you're driving. Hold on, baby. Hold on. I got it right here. I got it right here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold the wheel. Hold the wheel. Hold the wheel. I know I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm just saying these are things that I hear that people do. Barriers to mission. Barriers to mission. Come on and stand to your feet. The primary reason, or one of the primary reasons, I guess, that we need to deal with the barriers to mission is because they can become idols in our lives. When we bow to them rather than to God, who calls us into mission. I can't take credit for that. That was Bishop. He shared that with me. It don't sound like me. You know that sounds like Bishop. Come on now. But I was like, wow, that is so true, Bishop. That, you know, it's not just a silly little thing. It's not just a silly little barrier. But this is something that has taken the focus off of my mission. The mission is critical. Because only you can go where you can go. Right? You're the one living in your body. Right? You're the one interacting with these people. So this is your mission. Sometimes we feel like, oh, that's somebody else's mission. They can, oh, you got, you got, okay, yeah, you got it. Sometimes when you're going off and, you know, um, this happens to my wife and I a lot. Uh, well, it used to, not anymore. But we would get Alina ready, right? And be like, did you brush your teeth? No, I didn't brush it. Did you brush your teeth? Uh, well, I thought you were going to brush your teeth. I didn't brush your teeth. I thought you were going to do it. When you think that somebody else is going to take care of what you're supposed to take care of, that's a problem. Are you really on mission? Or are you AWOL? Somewhere out doing your own mission, <laughs> doing your own thing. That's why it is so important because when we bow to those other things, we are not bowing to God and His mission, the mission that He called you and me to be on. And the thing is, is that it's not about not about here so much but it is about eternity I mean think about it you've been sent to say to, to be able to communicate the saving message Christ entrusted this to you this work to you that's why it's so vital it is so important that we stay on mission allow these barriers to sabotage the mission the mission on which we have been sent how we can continue letting these barriers sabotage that mission so as you sit there and think with your eyes closed you and God Earlier, God turned on that GPS and said, hey, turn around. I'm calling you. Are you going to listen? 
Are you going to turn? Are you going to commit? Are you going to say, yes, Lord? Your will be done in my life. I'm tired of going the wrong way. Lord, my life is now in your hands. Is that you? In this place, is that you? Are you saying, Lord, my life, I want to lay my life in your hands. Because, man, the way that I've been doing it hasn't really worked out. Is that you in this place? And if it is you, I'm calling you out. Why? Because I want to embarrass you? No. Because I want to pray with you. I want to link arms with you. I want you to know that you're not alone. The enemy would have you believe that you're alone and this is, you know, kind of weird. And you no, know, this is for you. You're in the right place. I want to invite you to this altar. If I could have the pastors, the altar workers, if you guys can go ahead and come to the altar. That's the first call that I'm going to make. If you say to yourself, you know what? I need to recommit my life to Christ today. I'm tired of playing around. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. And it always comes up messed up. It always ends up. I always end up in the, in the same place. It's like I'm going around in a circle. I'm tired of that. And that's you in this place want to pray with you the second calling the second calling if you can identify with what something that was said here today and you say you know what that's a barrier in my life we want to pray with you too if you say to yourself you know what man i haven't been on mission I've been somewhere off doing my own mission, doing my own thing, and I didn't even realize it. I thought I was right. And here I am. Man, that's God telling you that. It's God impressing upon your heart. Listen, come back. Come back. Get rid of those barriers. We got a job to do. We got a mission to complete. And we want, I want you. I want you. 